make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand are they making it happen? Gonna find out right now. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Find us on Twitter at FNTFY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. George is at George Kurtz. But we welcome in Ryan Talbot. He's a Bills writer for New York Upstate and Bills Updates. And you can find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. We talk to him just about every year around this time. And hopefully we talk to him again um, sooner than that. But, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us, first of all. Hope you've had a good year. I hope you've got a chance to relax this summer before the Bills get fired up here next week. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. I always appreciate uh, chatting Bills and fantasy football with you. Yeah, it's awesome. So, all right, George and I were just talking a little bit about the Bills. Now, everybody loves Ed Oliver. I certainly love the fact that he slipped to them at nine. I think they got one of the best picks in the whole draft, and I think their defense looks awesome. To me, looks like a top 10 easy, could be pushing a top five defense. They have talent everywhere, Trey White and Tremaine Edmonds and Ed Oliver and everybody else. Offensively, they signed a lot of guys. I believe they signed nine free agents uh, in total during the offseason, but signed a lot of guys. But I guess I came away nonplussed with the total package around Josh Allen. What is your perspective and or the Bills' perspective on how this offseason went? Yeah, you you know, from a a defensive perspective, there wasn't much work that had to be done. This was already one of the better defenses in the league, uh, number two in terms of defensive yards allowed. And and you you look at – I'll go unit by unit. You look at the defensive line, obviously, of Jerry Hughes, who – isn't necessarily putting up the sack numbers, but he's getting a lot of pressures back there. And I think one part of the problem with uh, Hughes not getting to the quarterback is he didn't have a lot of help on that defensive line in terms of uh, interior pressure or pressure from the other side. Uh, Trent Murphy, this is the second year back after the ACL injury, so I think you're going to see more production from him. Obviously, at, at Oliver, he's going to create that internal pressure. So I, I think you're going to see Hughes possibly get in that double-digit sack total, which he had his first two years in Buffalo. The linebacker position is solid in terms of their starters, Lorenzo Alexander, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. Uh, you know, if you're in the IDP league, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds are both guys that I think can be valuable linebackers on your teams. Uh, there's a little bit of concern for depth there. But the one thing I will say is Sean McDermott in his tenure with Buffalo has been able to work with these young linebackers. You know, Edmonds obviously was a first-round pick, so he was expected to be on the field. But Matt Milano, he was a day-three pick a few years ago, and he's pretty much, uh, you know, since he's hit the field, he's he's shown that he is a, a high-quality player. They took Vashon Joseph in the draft, uh, a lot of talent there. You just kind of have to coach him up a little bit. And, and then in the secondary – you know, in terms of corners and safeties, I think it's one of the best units in the league. And I think it's one of those, uh, the Bills are one of those teams that just don't get the national media, but you have uh, Tredavious White and you have Levi Wallace, who in those final seven games of the year, he played at a high level. They added competition with Kevin Johnson and with EJ Gaines, the guy in 2017 went on the field played at a very high level in Buffalo. Uh, one of the best safety duels in the league in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. And then you also have, uh, you know, some slot options. You have Taron Johnson, who was a rookie last year, 
really played well when he was healthy. Uh, Saran Neal is a guy who is pretty much going to be their big nickel this year by, by all appearances, and, and he's getting a, a lot more looks out there on, on the defense in terms of what we've seen so far. So defensively, I think that's a solid unit. That's a top 10, top 5 unit, like you said. Offensively, you know, if you're talking in terms of a fantasy football perspective, Josh Allen and Robert Foster might be the two guys that I would buy on. Um, but there's not much else there in terms of fantasy. But they did upgrade Josh Allen's weapons if you look from one year ago. You know, and, and it starts on the offensive line. And I know that's not that doesn't mean much in terms of fantasy, but it will for Josh Allen because you bring in Mitch Morris at center. You sign a, a plethora of linemen. Uh, you have Ty Secchi, and then you draft Cody Ford. They'll, they'll compete for the right tackle spot. Quentin Spain has been a solid guard throughout his career. Uh, John Feliciano, Spencer Long, those are some of the guys that will be competing for other guard spots. That unit, possibly only having Deion Dawkins returning from one year ago, is going to be much improved. Uh, Frank Gore, he's still a solid four-yard per carry back. Uh, and you have LaShawn McCoy, who I think will rebound. Again, not a guy I would necessarily trust in fantasy. Wide receivers, you have a solid top four now with John Brown, uh, Robert Foster, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones. And, and, you know, tight end is still underwhelming when you look around the league. But I think Dawson Knox and his athleticism, he could eventually become a, uh, a reliable fantasy option. And... Uh, Tyler Croft, you know, when healthy, he, he did put up some touchdowns a few years ago in Cincinnati, but he is dealing with a foot injury again. That's a little concerning at that position. Ryan, let's, let's look, look a little bit more about Josh Allen. Uh, fantasy football-wise, he's a low-end quarterback, too. A lot of it's uh, because of the value he has in his legs. But you mentioned the offensive line is better. Maybe he won't need to scramble as much. Is it fair to judge him at all this year anyway? You mentioned they did upgrade what he had over last year, but uh, there's still no wide receiver one there. There's not a tight end one there. Is it going to be fair to, uh, at the end of the year to realize, will we know what kind of quarterback he can become yet? Well, you know, you want to at least see growth. You might not know what type of quarterback he'll be yet until you can get him maybe that number one wide receiver or go even further in terms of improving the weapons around him. Like I said, I think Dawson Knox in year two could be a weapon. I'm not sure about him this year as a rookie. Um, but you want to see growth. You want to see that completion percentage go from, you know, it was just under 53%, at least to that 57, 58% in year two. And I think you can do that if you drop off those passes to Cole Beasley in the slot, uh, a guy that's good at getting open off the line, a guy that can really be uh, a trustworthy option in that short and intermediate passing game. Uh, if you can boost your passing yards into the the three thousands, I'm not I'm not predicting a four thousand year throw, you know, uh, four thousand passing yards from Allen this year, but I think you can get up into that thirty five hundred range in a good year, and then you still have him using his legs. Maybe he won't have to scramble as much, but I think Brian Dable will sit there and say, okay, this is a guy that can get a lot of yards with his feet. We have to be smart about it. We don't want this guy getting injured, but I think you could see more. Uh, called running back runs, you know, planned running back runs for Josh Allen in his second season. Again, we're with uh, Ryan Talbot from his Bills writer for New York Upstate and Bills Updates. Find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. So let me dive back into that running back core. Um, amongst the oldest running backs cores I've ever seen, I will say I do like the Yeldon signing. I think it gives him a little bit of a Swiss Army knife in that, Sometimes T.J. Yeldon's skill set has been 
underrated by NFL fans because he's been quote unquote disappointing as a feature back, but I do like him in a complimentary role. So I'll say I really did like that signing. And I think Devin Singletary as a developing prospect is interesting too. But how does this all shake out for 2019? McCoy's in the last year. Gore is obviously in a supporting role. Do they still try to feature McCoy as much as possible in the last year of this deal? Or are they are they dead set on taking some touches off of his workload to keep him healthy? Well, you know, right now, Brendan Bean has said all along, all throughout the offseason, LaShawn McCoy has their number one back. But there's there's a lot of question marks about that in terms of what does that mean for his workload? He can he can be out there on the first series of every game and, and be the quote-unquote starter. But we really don't know what his workload's going to look like because that's a crowded running back room. You have LaShawn McCoy. You have Frank Gore. You have TJ Yeldon. You have Devin Singletary. And, you know, is it possible all four are on the roster in week one? Absolutely, because injuries in this league, you always want to have quality depth there. But one of them could be off the roster, and it, and it could be a LaShawn McCoy if – another team loses a running back during training camp for the preseason. And it's a team that feels they can win now. Um, But at the same time, I I don't trust any of these running backs from a a fantasy perspective, but I think it's, it's an interesting group because McCoy, like I said, you have a new line in front of him. I I do think a lot of the problems last year where there were, there were just no openings for him. And, And I know he's an elusive back. He's a guy that can create, but, there were, there were plays where he would get the ball and there'd already be someone in the backfield. Frank Gore, he can, he can get those four yards per carry. Like I said, I don't know if you just want to make him a, a short yardage guy or not, because I still think there is something in the tank. And then you have TJ Yeldon, who's a reliable receiver as well. So maybe he comes in on those third down plays that, that he can run, he can, he can catch, but then what are you going to do with Singletary? Because when you, you had all three of those guys on your roster before the 2019 NFL draft. So you weren't necessarily expecting Buffalo to take a running back early in the draft. And, and they did in round three, you know, night two of the draft. That's early in my opinion, when you, when you look at the running backs they have on board. So Singletary, they're going to want to get him some reps, get him uh, accustomed to uh, carrying the load maybe later on in the season. Because like you said, McCoy and Gore, they're probably elsewhere in 2020 if they're still playing. Yeldon's the only guy that's uh, on under contract of those three for more than the 2019 season. So it, it might be a Singletary Yeldon backfield, at least uh, heading into the off season uh, or heading into the 2020 year. So it, it's interesting, but we really don't know how it's going to shake out. And that's why I would say avoid all those running backs, at least this year in fantasy football. Well, should we be uh, avoiding the wide receivers as well? Do we see a breakout? I mean, is Zay Jones going to uh, wake up and play well this season? Cole Beasley, who keeps saying things about uh, his tenure in Dallas. John Brown, Forster running streaks down the sideline. Are we liking any of these guys this year? I feel like Robert Foster is a guy that you can take late in the draft that has that value. You know, over the last seven games of the 2019 season, uh, he, he was one of the best wide receivers in the league. He was 11th in receiving yards. He was third in yards per reception. Uh, Sal Capasio of WGR 550 pointed that out in a tweet uh, a few months back. And, and he, even if you just look over week 10 on, he, he had over 500 yards receiving, and he was a deep threat. And, and I know there were some inconsistent performances there between Allen and Foster, but 
the chemistry is there and you added some other guys where you're not going to necessarily just be able to focus on a guy like Foster. And I don't think Foster is your number one wide receiver in titles. Uh, so I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups. I feel like he's a, a guy that you can get later in your fantasy drafts that can, that can greatly out, out seed or, um, greatly outperform his, his draft position. If you're in a PPR league, maybe Cole Beasley is a guy you take late in the draft. Again, I'm not saying you should take any of these guys early, um, but he's a guy that I think is going to get a lot of targets in his first season in Buffalo. I think that they're really telling Josh Allen, you know, take those underneath throws because a lot of the times last year he didn't. He wanted to stretch the field. He wanted to go out to the intermediate and deep ball, and, yeah. and I get he has the big arm, but if you can get those easy yards early on downs, uh, all of a sudden your, your third downs are a lot more manageable when you get into those situations and you can move the chains more. Uh, but you know, John Brown, he was on pace for a 1,000 yard year last year before they turned over you know, the quarterback position to Lamar Jackson. But there's not enough there where I'd say that he's worth a, a high fantasy pick. Uh, Zay Jones greatly improved on his rookie stats from in year two. But again, I don't know about a fantasy perspective, but Robert Foster, you know, deep in your drafts, late in your drafts, that's definitely a guy that I would be targeting. And if it's PPR league, I would consider Cole Beasley as well. Wouldn't you say, too, the, the relationship really between Allen and Beasley and Jones is going to be almost more telling of his progress as a QB than maybe any of the other relationships? Yes, he can. Foster can be a nice deep threat. I agree. It's an interesting value late in drafts, but we, we know Allen's got one of the biggest arms in the league, maybe the biggest. So really his development is almost going to be seen as how well Beasley and Jones or how good their stat sheets look by the end of the year. Yeah. And I think that's fair because, you know, one area where Allen did struggle a little bit last year was on in those short and intermediate passes, especially the short passes, which is a little surprising considering the arm strength. Uh, Maybe it's just something that he wasn't accustomed to doing, but a lot of their work leading up to training camp has been Allen really working on on hitting those receivers with the, with the quick hitters. And I can see Brian Dable, you know, he he has a lot of experience in the new England offense and, and, Obviously, they value the slot receiver there. So I could see those two working in the slot in a lot of uh, four wide receiver sets where Beasley and, and Jones are, are targeted very quickly. And, you know, if you get th- if you get yards after the catch, great. If we can pick up four to six yards on first down, that that's fine as well. How about Tyler Croft? Uh, and he's, he's got the injury. Will he be back for week one? And what kind of what kind of damage can he do this season? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm buying low on, on Tyler Croft because he suffered another foot injury. He had to have surgery here this off season. Uh, the timetable for his return is a little unknown. There was some talk about him possibly being back at some point during training camp, but I think it's going to be closer to the regular season, and and that means he's going to lose a lot of reps with Josh Allen, and, and he's not going to be able to work on his chemistry with Allen necessarily. So. I think Croft is a guy that uh, is pretty much undraftable at this point, but maybe mid-season you take a flyer on him if you see that he is producing in that offense. Um, like I said, 2017, he did put up uh, some decent stats in terms of touchdowns. Uh, he was a red zone weapon for the Bengals. Maybe he can develop into something like that in, in Buffalo. Uh, but, but if I were to guess right now, I would say that Dawson Knox is going to be your number one tight end in week one. Uh, good stuff out of Ryan Talbot. You find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. They're over under as set by the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. 
at six and a half. They're starting out at the Jets, at the Giants. They got the Bengals, obviously, the Pats a couple times a year. They're playing against the Browns this year, the Cowboys. So they got a few tougher games there. Um, those are road games in particular. You like them to get over six and a half this year or what? I do. I like them over six and a half. I, I think you have the Dolphins twice. I think they can at least split with the Jets. And then you have Washington. Uh, and you have some other favorable matchups. So I, I'd say take the over. Good stuff. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to you again soon. And we'll come back after the break on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.